Good afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Coop and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. This is a listen-in episode where we, for those unfamiliar, we listen in, uh, or listen with, if you will, on a particular record that I think is important or interesting in some in some way, and give a little bit of background to that record, and then we talk about uh, the the tracks as as we go through. We kind of like a like a a commentary, if you will, like a, a commentary track you get on a DVD or a Blu-ray or whatever. I kind of talk through the album as I kind of think those kind of interesting points come up, if you will. We put up um, uh, some suggestions a, a couple of days ago about uh, which albums and which records we should do, but it, it's probably always going to be something uh, by a, a larger artist because I have the A Week With thing I do to highlight artists, maybe unsigned or, or local artists or whatever. This one is kind of aimed at more established records that people are familiar with so they can go away and and listen to said record along with it kind of came born from a combination of uh, a long long time ago used to listen to a uh, star wars uh one when i was a kid and as you turn the pages r2d2 made a, a beep boop 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 i uh, think uh turn the page and it kind of read along and i enjoyed that i thought that was fun when i was a kid and now when i'm not a kid i say i'm not a kid when i'm when i'm now i'm a, a fully grown man with with completely uh complete understanding of uh, of the world now um that uh, I wanted to kind of look at the, the things that I liked in metal and the albums that I liked, and so Dan Carlin was very much an influence on on what, I, what I'm doing here as well, where he kind of talks about a particular situation in history. I'm talking about a particular moment in metal history, and one of the albums that, that came up that we've, we've done Metallica previously and Alice in Chains, and and it seemed quite right that we should look at Slayer, and we should look at Slayer and which Slayer album? Which Slayer album do you, do you choose? There's, there's 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 a host of albums there to choose from. All of which pivotal as you go through. Um, one of the, one of the things that came up was like maybe not necessarily looking at one that everybody talks about. Not looking at necessarily Rain and Blood, fabulous as it is. And there's maybe more interesting things afoot uh, with with other albums. So we, we went back and forth amongst the the spoken metal show community, which is an interesting thing to say as well. Spoken metal show community. That the fact there's a group of people who listen to the show. And, and and put up suggestions, which is which is fabulous. I, I'm really really thankful that 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 happens. And um, so we landed on Hell Awaits Slayer's second album, Hell Awaits. Um, and the reason will become hopefully obvious as we travel through the the, the kind of the history a little bit and 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 the build up to the album, and then listening to the album itself. And it's been a while, if I'm honest with you, to, to listen back to Hell Awaits quite a while, in fact. And I, I, it, it did strike me that there wasn't an awful lot of songs that they repeat live, uh, to be fair. It was it was something of a transitional album, but we'll get into that uh, as soon as we can. So before we get fully into into this, um, try and get yourself uh, a copy of the album. Ideally, you want to listen to it, uh, you know, a physical copy. It'd be nice so you can see the artwork and what have you. But you know, digital is the way is the way forward. So you can listen to it on whatever media du jour you prefer, and we'll kind of go through it. But this is a little bit of a kind of a, a backstory to it, and a little bit of a, of a history before we get into that. So it's released in 1985. Slayer's second album, Hell Awaits, and um, Slayer's debut, uh, Show No Mercy, was uh, you know was 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 successful for for um for for Metal Blade Metal Blades Records. Uh, their highest release like forty thousand units or so and then so now we're looking at the, the the next steps for the band and this was you know this is financed by uh you know, i believe so no mercy was financed by by tom Araya, uh and a loan from kerry king's dad 
Um, at the time, Tom Mariah was a respiratory uh, therapist, um, and and Kerry's getting a loan from his dad. Um, shout out to to to, to Kerry's dad, and it it was kind of very much a time where you had to kind of fund yourselves before you really kind of broke big and got onto a label or whatever. But it it, it cannot be, it cannot be uh, undermined how much or underpinned how much uh metal blade records was how important it was to, to the sort of the development of of slayer and so it's important to have a little bit of history about that metal blade is founded by the the, the quite amazing uh brian slagle um who, who's very much a record store guy own record store and, and you know, one of the things he was trying to do was increase interest in, in local bands and he's a huge fan of metal and you know in 2017 carrie uh into some into the hall of heavy metal and there's a whole side thing we could do for for, for for metal blade there's a fabulous book called the sake of heaviness uh skull and crossbones yeah, the history of of heavy metal uh sorry history of metal blade which essentially is one of the histories of heavy metal because it was a, it's a fabulous insight into sort of the work that they did so slayer do a show of mercy a fantastic record and 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 so rightly so slayer last for um a second album um finances recording a recording budget and starts to you know set it about then you know uh recruiting producers and engineers i mean uh, quoting tom or I, uh back then i didn't know what a budget was or anything um you know the, the, it was very much a time where the, these things weren't available on the um on on the on on the on the internet, you couldn't find these kind of like these ways to do things. YouTube channel of how to kind of put things together. There was very much it was very much a closed off world. Uh, you know, you didn't really have um, a how to guide about getting signed or getting or doing a, an album or or any kind. You know, and 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 Slayer goes on to say, uh, I remember there wasn't much, maybe five thousand dollars at the time. It just seemed like the band were getting together to try some some new ideas. Um, you know, and it and it's interesting that 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 is the beginning of 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 Slayer very much of kind of getting sort of getting people around them that really wanted to work with them, but with financial constraints, as as Bill Matoya says. We'll get into Bill's role in, in in a little bit, but he said back then every album recorded had some kind of financial constraints. It was par for the course. Sometimes we had to go in at midnight to get a cheap studio rate, but we just didn't know anything else. Having said that, the only real difficulties we had were when one of the bands spilled beer on the recording console. Um, I imagine, I imagine that was Jeff. Um, so this is kind of like every penny counts. You know, every sort of uh, every sort of flag is is flying. Every sail is is flying. Everything pushing to kind of to 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 get this where it where it needs to be. Um, and so. It it gets recorded, uh, you, you know, in El Dorado Studios in Bearbanks. It's a place we've talked about before on the listening shows. This Steve Klein built up from the ground up, and Alison Chains' Dirt was recorded there. Anthrax is the sound of white noise. Jane's Addiction's nothing shocking, shocking, and Pitch Shifts is fabulous. Defiant uh, or Deviant, sorry, Defiant, Deviant album. Um, Live Undead, Hell Awaits, Rain on Blood, all take all take kind of place there. And so going in, they. You know, Kerry King and, and Jeff Hanneman were all, are all listening to like you know Maiden and Priest at this time. A lot of people say there's a lot of merciful fate in this album. I think it still leads towards Maiden and Priest and the, the more progressive ends of the of the spectrum. Um, it's produced by Ron Fair, uh, who, who, who pretty much a, a veteran uh, with Chrysalis and stuff. He's very much a, a guru and and mentor role. Um, you know when Ron Fair first 
he is uh, Slade's like, wow, these guys are really angry. He's not worked with metal before. Later on, goes to work with the Black Eyed Peas and Lady Gaga and people like that. But he was brought in because of of, of an ability and, and a, the magic, the magic ears, and, and working with people as a mentor role. Tordio mastered by Bernie Grunman himself, and um, he of Steve Vai and Thriller and Airwolf for, for anybody interested as well. And um, and Eric Schreiner uh, remasters it, Pink Floyd and Maiden and stuff. Um, but it's Bill Matoya that I think plays a really um, interesting sort of part. He, he works on Haunting the Chapel. And he's also worked with DRI and Sacred Reich, Flossum Jetsam and Wasp and stuff. Um, and and it's just interesting kind of Bill's um, whole take on things. Because he, he, he uh, quote, uh, as a member of Metal Blade staff, besides working with the Slayer guys in the studio, I would hang out with them a lot. Uh, there were times I had to pick them up from their houses and drive them to radio interviews. I definitely considered them friends. Um, and it's interesting that, you know, there's this clutch of people now that are really helping Slayer become kind of what they envisioned themselves to, to be. I mean, Tom Arias says, quote, uh, there was no real thinking behind being evil. All I knew that with the songs were longer and everybody else... Uh, with love songs, they just ended up that way. The the rest of the guys came up with their ideas and put them together. So there was, you know, it sounds as though it was a very o- o- organic process. And then going into record, Hellawaite seems that it was um, very much. Uh, let's let's see what we can do. Let's let's see how far we can we can we can move this. You know, um, Tom and I talks about like I had an idea called uh, uh, At Dawn They Sleep, which was a song I co-wrote with the first co-writing credits this is the first time that they're all kind of getting around a table and 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 thinking about what they uh they're, they're trying to do and, and approach stuff with uh a musicality and approach stuff with like okay what can we do in the studio um and tom Arai says as well you know it was it was all new so no uh Shono mercy was more of rock and roll tempos it was more upbeat but not uh not what we were we are when we played live. We were played them pretty fucking fast, and it's it's interesting that that's the, the that's the kind of shift. Like obviously, everybody's first album is something that someone remembers, and then the, the second album tends to be when they kind of uh, fine tune it. Um, the whole process seems to have been real realistically quite quite smooth. A process like Lombardo talks about. Didn't I didn't have to overdub symbols. We had a really good engineer, and so. The, the the groundwork was being laid uh, for the Slayer that we've become. Does Hellawaites actually make it that Slayer we become? Someone would argue not. Someone would argue that that is definitely rain and blood when they kind of become Slayer. But realistically, this this album and Hellawaites was them kind of graduating. You know, even uh, you know Bill Matoya says like I think Slayer progressed both musically. And uh, musician-wise, in, in every record I work with them, in that sense, I consider Hello Waits the best album they did for Metal Blade. Um, and so, the, you know, I mean, even Slagle himself says, uh, compared to Rain and Blood, I actually prefer Hello Waits. I love both albums, but obviously Hello Waits was more, has more variety in terms of pace and songs, and it does. It really, it, it runs quite a long gamut and stuff. I think one of the longer songs is, uh, is on there. They experiment with sort of effects. You get the effects at the beginning and these were all new. Stuff like this was was new. Yes, yeah, sure, it was the early 80s and there was some great metal out there and great metal being produced. But this was the first, you know, real uh, aggressiveness. Um, you know, as Jeff Barton called them, the most threatening, subversive band on the planet. 
Uh, there wasn't a lot of extreme metal bands, you have to remember at this time. There wasn't a lot of doing it. And so the artwork um, by Albert Killia, um, you know, was... You know, it was quite radical at the time. You know, he was only 19 when he did that, that kind of like flames and shit and, and stuff. There's now become like this, you know, you can definitely see the blueprints laid for what becomes, you know, rain and blood and and, and, and beyond. And it's interesting then that they, uh, they afterwards they toured with Venom and Exodus and, you know, Gary Holt, who now at our time of, 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 of speaking uh, is now in, you know, obviously repa- replaces Jeff. But he talks about we immediately bonded with the Slayer guys. It was uh, two bands of friends playing with one band of heroes, Venom. We were just starstruck. You know, this is how young they were and 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 kind of new to the business. It was the first time they had a tour bus, and then you know it 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 it, it, it didn't really chart. It sounds like a million plus, but it's uh, you know it was incredibly well received. Um, you know, all music Cascada Rivala. You know, call it incredibly ahead of its time. A mandatory item in the band's discography. You know, later it would be covered. There were covers by Cradle of Filth, Halloweights, and Sadistic Intent in, in Necrophilia. And so it was this that is very much seen as the, the genesis of Slayer, if you will. Uh, genesis and Slayer in the same sentence. Who'd have thought that? And for 37 minutes, you know, is, 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 is no time at all. I mean, uh, Rain and Blood's uh, sure to sure, and it's not none of it's like really you know, heavily down tuned. I think it's maybe half step or that type of thing, but it's no really really down down tuned in any way. So this is a real beginning point for Slayer, and I think that, that in that respect, it, it it's it's worth your time to go back and listen to it, and it's worth your time to um, uh, reassess what you what you thought about it and and, and where its place was in there. If you've not if you're a Slayer fan and never heard Halloween, you're not a Slayer fan. If you if if you if you just get into Slayer, Halloween is an interesting thing to 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 get into. I'm very surprised that, like I say, that not a lot of their songs appear on the their um, their constantly uh, set list. That, that they're always kind of there. But I think that you know the likes of Brian and and Bill, uh, you know Slagle and, uh, and Matoya were, were fundamentally key parts in the in the beginnings of Slayer and Hellowate, I believe it was the brought would brought a seriousness, a progressiveness was what they wanted, and an experimentation that, that ultimately fine-tuned with the with the, the, the later records. Going back um and 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 t- taking samples from this, you could hear, as we will do, the the Slayer sort of rhythms and the Slayer sort of vibes and feels and they really I, I think they probably got them right here. You know, um it's interesting, like Tom Rice says, think like then it just kept getting faster, and I mean now I could sing Hallowates and the songs come out clearly, and I can say them as fast as I need to develop a technique, and you just get better at it. And he was talking about just getting, you know, better and better. And they talk about not, you know, going back and re- you know, in a time of remasters and all that type of thing. They talk about not remastering Hallowates that Tom Rice does, not remastering Hallowates and leaving it as it, as it is as, as, as an interesting uh, you know uh, historical point of reference i think any any metal fan should be um you know should totally be going back and le- listening and reassessing this um taking a taking a good listen to this as what we'll do now so what i'm going to do is um i'm going to prep or my my thing there i suggest you do the same and uh, i'll give a little bit of a countdown and then we'll get listening to slayers Hell awaits. Okay, so uh, if you've got your recording or listening device or whatever streaming device you have, hopefully you've got a, a record player. 
you can put that on or even you may you know you you may even have a tape you want to put on whatever you want to do we're going to listen to slayers hell awaits when you when we're all settled down maybe even get a beer um maybe even a heineken jeff would approve and we're going to get straight into um slayers hell awaits what i'll do is i'll do a little kind of countdown so we can all press the uh, start button or the, the put the needle down when we're good to go i'm going to go through track by track and talk a little bit about each and every song on, on the album um this is slayer hell awaits and we'll get ready to go in three two one so normally to be like this huge riff or something that you would you you would hear for, for for some albums, but like we talked about, this is the this is a Slayer, a new progressive Slayer. We were kind of looking at maybe trying to fuck with people's perceptions of what an album could be. You know, they picked up their album Slayer in the corner there, Hello Waits and, and the fire and the kind of the demons flying around and stuff. And what are they expecting? So you get lots of kind of reverse stuff and chanting and things. And this is kind of them. I think they're trying to aim for trying to join us um um and then i think it keeps going join us for a bit and ends up with a welcome welcome back it's suggested by uh by jeff apparently this uh jeff hanneman it's containing too many words uh, slayer slayer which has kind of become like it almost you know parody to a certain hit but but it's going to come in and when it does um Hell awaits just opening your song with your title, open your album with your title track. You... So there's that huge amount of space and those big Dave Lombardo drums. That's a fucking that kind of foreboding. Like they always talk about thrash and stuff being like that fast, but it's this wonderful open, lovely. Before it settles into these huge riffs, like you know, they're taking the time here to build it. Certainly, Davis. It's almost like building an energy there, isn't it? Simple stuff, you know, simple kind of stuff that now was considered simple, but at the time, still pretty progressive, heavy as hell already. Great riff that. It's completely already it's solid and there's Slayer. It's that, that almost that slight bounce, which is like Maiden's Gallop. Two minutes in, we haven't heard anything. Singing vocally. Now that seem, might seem quite sedate to some people, that that pace now when they think of Slayer. It's certainly sped up as they kind of move throughout the career. And, and, do, 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 do. and there we go. That is classic Slayer. Lovely, uh, Tom's bass really popping there. Those hits. Now they seem almost as cliche. This was the first time people hear and stuff like this. And there we go. Fucking, that's move. That's moving air right now. Like it, that was released yesterday. That would sound like that. Three minutes twenty to get fucking Tom's voice in. 
and it's it's not great. There's it's a little too roomy, a little bit too much reverb there, maybe for for some. I wonder if Alan's weights as well uh, came from. Obviously, fans of Judas Priest. I wonder if it came from uh, Hal Benfolana, which is the first line is Hal Waits. Um, you know, it it probably did, didn't it? <laughs> And that speed sort of singing, you know, yeah, Halford uh, uh, was doing stuff like that. You know, there was a little bit of that going on, but no one was doing it to this level with this ferocity and with this push to it. It's just pure thrash greatness, like. You get Kerry's kind of dive bombs all over the place now. You know, that's, he pretty much had that set straight away. I think Kerry was probably one of the most sort of set guys who knew what he was wanted to do fr from the very beginning. You know, that's that's Kerry's style. You know, some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people think it's like all over the place. Some people think it's... But then it's Slayer. It's a little echoing over there, didn't it? Just a riff, that is. I have a three or four in your first song. And I, I would argue that you know, the, the, the Tom's very much got his, 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 his diction is how he's kind of like he's spoken sort of prose pretty, pretty close to what we... This is very fully formed Slayer. You know, although it's trying stuff, you can see where it lands. That stop of the drums, the drums kicking back in. That's a fucking thrash metal classic right there. It's very fully formed when you go back to it. I was listening to Decade of Aggression before I came to this and wondering where the tropes and the, and the kind of the sort of signatures that Slayer had. Going back now, they're very fully formed in this. You know, do you think second album in? You know, the Metallica stuff going in there. Obviously, the, you know, the Metallica talking. And, 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 well, a big four were kind of like this kind of crazy mix of people taking borrowing from both, weren't they? But you can hear it from all the thrash bands of that day. They, these kind of doing the best versions of it. That's fucking ridiculous how good and on point that is. You know, it's like, what, six minutes, 15? Kill again. Is that a Dawn of the Dead? Reference, he gets up and kills, and the ones he kills get up and kill. Yeah, kill again, maybe. What serial killers? This song, <laughs> Slayer's kind of standard trope. You know, it's uh, a world without Slayer is is a world without serial killers, and vice versa. But once again, subject matters that are kind of a little bit getting pushed. There wasn't an awful lot of songs about that, you know, um, certainly not as viscerally talked about as this. Listen to the bass. Tom doesn't get anywhere near as much credit for for for, for bass playing as as he should do. I don't feel anyway. That's re relentless, isn't it? And it's that chaotic sort of Slayer kind of thrash chaos that they became their stock and trade. That's fucking great riff. 
simple, just completely simple and stripped back. Now tell me that isn't a Slayer riff. Maybe it's a slight riff, like uh, it sounds like Judas Priest a little bit, like. It's just got an edge, hasn't it? I mean, uh, often, um, the, 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 the Metallica famously on that, uh, the, 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 the War of the Warfield, um, Karma talks about how, how Metallica fans are crazy, but Slayer fans are just that extra bit crazy. Just that extra bit of chaos with Hell Awaits and, uh, and Kill Again. In many ways, Tom gets it doesn't get the respect as well in the same way Ozzy does. Ozzy does a wonderful thing of being able to talk over great bit pieces of space and stuff. Uh, you know, Tom's talking over like madness. <laughs> He's talking over. Tom Araya is a, is a narrator to madness. You know. It's all there straight away, isn't it? I, you know, I may go back and say that this is, is it an underrated Slayer album? Maybe it might be. Like, yeah, you don't hear people talking about it when you when when talk, people talk about Slayer. It's all rain and blood, isn't it? He's almost singing there, Tom. Almost that harks back to kind of like the almost rock and roll tempos that he talks about uh, in Show No Mercy. Those speeds that they're, they're playing are down there. You've got to understand that these weren't really kind of speeds that people were playing with yet. Um, it's just like you know, people, like, what would you play if you were carry over that? You know, you did, that's the perfect thing to play over it, over it. It's like, you know. I still have to break down of who's playing what is Jeff. I think that's 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 Jeff, I think. Furious, absolutely furious. So what Dave's doing on the drums there, it's it's everything like. I don't, know if, I don't know if he's ever doing those screams again. By his own admission, these are maybe tougher to sing. Still sounds like a, a, a rough, though, in a, in a good way, you know. That changed then. Very Slayer. Up there, very slayer. Oh, you can hear Metallica ripping bits off that as well, can't you? And and a billion thrash bands were born. So where do you go now? Well, you do you do a song called "The Dawn." They sleep about undead vampires. That's classic Slayer riff in there. Yeah, this is Lombardo's favourite song, probably because of the double bass at the end, but um, yeah.
it seems that yeah it's it's got all the elements there but it's not quite the cake is it it's a good song and it seems a bit slower in delivery and almost what tom's singing about quite clearly wants to get his the, 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 the sort of the lyrics across But this is kind of like, you know, this is how we get to Dead Skin Mask. This is how we get there via these sort of smaller roads to get to the main motorway, if you will. Another classic sort of thrash metal thing. You know, you hear it in Anthrax and stuff. And you often hear that, certainly with the big four, you hear elements that they've all shared in thrash and some of the, the, the tempos and things that they've shared. And then eventually they're kind of breaking out into their, their own sort of vibes and, and what have you, you know. And there's a lot of that. This is a sort of transition from, like, moving away from what everybody else was doing and starting to do what Slayer do. There it is again. Those kind of shifts, you can hear them like, you know. Seeing them around this time must have been absolutely fucking mesmerizing. You know, this is kind of when they're you know, still beginning out, still, still risking all kinds of things and probably as hungry as all hell. Like, you know, they... Um, they must have been a, quite a sight to see at this now. Who's playing with them at this time as well and certainly going on tour with, with, with Venom and what have you? They must have been absolutely ferocious, like, you know. Because all these time signatures would have just gone up. All the timings would have just gone up and it would have played them all faster. We're only halfway through this song. Look at what ground they've covered. You know, thrash and metal gets often... You know, a bad rap that it's, there's there's some like lack of intelligence to it. Musically, this is covering an enormous amount of ground. I can very slayer, very slayer. And and it's not quite there, is it? it it's it's still great, but it's not quite there. This is them kind of fucking around in the laboratory fucking around in the workshop like beating panel beating the hell out of stuff until it comes what it needs to be and we don't see the 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 fruits of these seeds until later on you know in, in the career Baseline of following that, yeah. Just riff on riff. I mean, it's just like it's the throwing everything. They must have been so prolific and must have been sitting there and come up with so many ideas. Uh, it must have been must have been quite challenging for like Matoya and stuff to to. 
and, and, and Ron to, to kind of put those all... They must have come with so many ideas. There you go. That's a classic Tom delivery. That swing. Bum, 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 bum. Slayer screaming, kill, kill. Fucking hell, that's a riff, that is. And they clap, so there's, there's six or seven of these big moments throughout this record where you go, okay, that, that is Slayer nailed. That's Slayer personified. Um, and it just seemed to just sharpen that sword, if you will, to get it to an even finer point throughout the Hulk arena. The guitar coming in, that screaming guitar coming in. It's like a signature, signature carry in it. If it's carry, I think it is. Be interested to see the breakdown. I couldn't quite find it anywhere. The breakdown of who's playing what on there. Be interesting to see. It's insane for like a six minute song, you know? It's a. Uh... Covering so much ground, so much ground. <laughs> and there's Lombardo. That's why he likes this song, eh? Fucking hell, though. <sighs> Don't leave much on the table there, did he? And then we're almost halfway through. And you want a fucking deep pull from, from a Slayer back catalogue. You've got Praise of Death. And this is just... This is like, you know, slightly short. It's like five minutes long or whatever. And this is just <laughs> everything in, 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 a, in a song. Listen to this. And it's interesting that this is that, that this song, Praise of Death, is, is complete bl blueprint Slayer. But somehow doesn't land, doesn't resonate as much, you know, as maybe some of the more classic songs. But it's all there, right? It's all there. Tom, Tom's delivery. All those breaks, there you are. That kind of slayer movements. It's all there. Why doesn't it hit as much, yeah? Probably because they're just perfecting it. Still a fucking insanely good thrash metal riff. Those shifts again. Fucking hell. That is fucking sheer chaos, isn't it? 
That is shakers. That's every single man on on form there, isn't it? God, it had that base break in there. Almost, almost a base break. So this back and forth thing, you know, the, the you know the Judas Priest were kind of really setting up. This is getting both of those where you have like you know stuff like the the Sentinel and stuff that the the priests were doing. This is Slayer back and forth and then, you know. And what a beautiful mix Jeff and Kerry had. You know, Kerry was kind of like the napalms flying over and, and Jeff was kind of the troops going in and bayoneting fucking uh, on the ground. Like, you know, but the two of them came through this wonderful um, attack, you know. Uh, the, it's just a wonderful alchemy that they managed to get very early on and understanding kind of... Because it's difficult when you're doing two... You know, sets of aggressive solos to not cover almost the same ground, you know, tapping and, and sweeping and stuff and, and tremolo picking and things, all these things that are kind of familiar with, with aggressive play and to kind of get them both to sit and be separate as well. You can hear when different people are playing and the personalities behind them, two albums in. is full of of playing guitar playing this song completely goes when past a lot of people praise of death we're kind of slow back into the riffs and then we go there's the, there's all those feedbacks that you would normally expect we go to into dum 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 you'd expect that this this is these are the seeds getting planted for, for later on this is why Hellawait is such an important slayer album I wonder if they ever went from Praise of Death into... Yeah. You can hear you can hear Angel of Death being wrote off the off the back of songs like this, you know. And I think the Slayer were really finding kind of what they wanted to sing about, you know, and, and that kind of whole niche. It really wasn't. It wasn't being explored then to a certain degree. Yes, and some some bands out there, but it wasn't really being explored to the, the way that they kind of and the subject matters that they would talk about. You know, war was always a staple of metal, but not the war atrocities necessarily. You know, not, not sort of the, the, the very dark side of it, and sort of certainly the dark elements of World War Two. Um, that you know, that Jeff was 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 hugely interested in. So we're in the last three songs. How crazy is that? Necrophiliac. Um, here we go. I mean, this is this is a great Slayer song. Multiple key shifts, all the kind of signatures that we we know from Slayer. Certainly that intro right there. That's classic, classic Slayer. Classic already. Two albums in. This reminds me of some of the stuff that 
the, the newer stuff kind of moved to very stripped down singular riff kind of ideas but then doing something like you know doing a song called necrophiliac you know uh it's these are these are like real sort of taboo areas that you know metal wasn't wasn't covering and certainly not the sort of heavy guys you know you, you know like we'd said before maiden priest A little swing in there. Classic Slayer. This would, you know, it's it's weird. Some of these songs feel like, you know, the guy that did the um, the versions of songs made up by computer, if you will, like uh, the, he did a Metallica song completely done by listening to Metallica songs and coming up with an algorithm. Hell Awaits very much is the algorithm that Slayer went on to follow throughout the rest of the, the, the career and take bits from the improved and, and kind of change directions with some stuff. But essentially it's, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's very much a, bl a blueprint. There you go. It's, it's very much a blueprint. That's them. That's for harking back to some of the, the earlier stuff, the show no mercy type of thing. Talking back to that, isn't it? And they they later took a lot of that space and and, and closed it up and made it the whole thing tighter. Like this this riffing now, you definitely you possibly wouldn't have seen that in the the, the later gestations of of Slayer. It's an interesting tone, interesting note choices there, Frank. A lot of the sort of big four had that kind of echoey voice, didn't they? And I have feel and stuff that, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a lot of them. You can see where the kind of, the, the, the kind of soil that they were all grown from. Stuff like, yeah, you can hear the kind of, it's almost a breakaway, isn't it? From, from the, that kind of conventional tunes that were kind of getting set up. Now, you know the, the memes that have, like, you know, the fake band of the picture with the wrong name, with the wrong song, it's, and they say, you know, you call yourself a so-and-so fan, tell, tell me one song other than... This is a, a massively underrated song. Um, this is Crips of Eternity. And I got... Is this Slayer's longest song? Six minutes, 30-odd? I think it might be. But within this, this is this is kind of the end of their older stuff and the move to the new. So you can hear the drum and definitely the kind of moving in a different way. I... Is this Slayer's most progressive song? 
possibly it's possible classic slayer now I hope that you know that certainly for me when you go back and listen to Halloween's there's some songs there now they're going to pull upwards in your your favorite Slayer songs because certainly you know um Halloween's itself this song um and Praise of Death as well to a certain degree have all kind of springboarded into my favorite sort of Slayer songs. I wonder if as they got kind of you know more confident in their own abilities that when they had the Christmas Eternity been written later on that it would have been maybe cut a little bit they would have simplified stuff or got quicker to the to the to where they wanted to get to go you know maybe that's fantastic It should be amongst the canon of of really great Slayer riffs that it comes to eternity, and it and it just isn't, is it? And it's still just as furious as anything later on or before. You can hear that what 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 Tom's talking about about those those rock and roll kind of things. You can hear that every so often dipping a little bit back to them. This is them shedding the skin in many ways, completely, you know, fully forming into that uh, death's head. Moth that is uh that is Slayer. You can hear them shedding the skin of some of the older things that they've had when you know they've been listening to the their influences. Gone okay, we'll take those influences and move forward. Very much exactly what a what you should should do is take all your influences and learn to become something of your own. Classic Slayer. How many times have I said this, listening through the whole thing? And how many times have you thought that would have gone, that's classic Slayer? And it's like, that that's the sound of Slayer. And this was the album that kind of pivoted it. <laughs> that's Priest. Sounds like the Ripper. So you could argue that there's certain parts of this that maybe a little bit clunky, a little bit kind of maybe might not made it through the cutting thing of the the, the reapproach this to uh, this song or, re, or or done it in a later time. But it's all there. They're still learning. This is part of the graduation of Slayer. It is still learning who they are and what they want to sound like. Lovely. So everybody's already comfortable with um with everybody's player and where they sit, and that's something that, that you you don't find to, to, for the initial parts of bands sort of formation. You, everybody's trying to figure out where they belong, and and it tends to be over over egged in one particular section. You know, whoever is the leading voice tends to be the you know the thing that gets put forward. You know, look at Justice for All, for example. You know. And it, it, it sometimes other things lose out. What's great about Halloween is that everybody's accounted for, and I'm, 
Tom's never hitting that again. God bless him. God bless him. Satan bless him. He's never hitting them again. But they're 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 all hawks and throwaways and knockbacks and, and nods to the old rock and roll stuff. Just pushing it. You know, high high vocals was was a way of pushing it, as well as playing fast, as well as playing heavy. Shifts like that—that's that's that's more maiden. But you're gonna get that with twin guitars. You know, Christ, you could say it was like Wishbone Ash, you know. <laughs> but that falling apart is like it's very Slayer. Quite surprising as well as an enormous amount of control within some of the playing as well. You know, very sort of procedural, specific strikes. That's a great song. That's a great song. That riff. That's a classic Slayer riff. End of story. It's the end of story. And then a the rock and roll ending. <laughs> Can you imagine them stepping out of the snake? Carried like this fucking analogy. Stepping out of the the snake skin. This fully evolved fucking snake now, can't he? Do you know what I mean? And then we get to you know essentially the the the, the end of the record here. With a song called Hardening of the Arteries, you know, this is a deep pull and then some, but it has got so much Slayer in one song, it's unbelievable. That switch, yeah. Hellawaits uh, is, is certainly Slayer's line in the sand to themselves. Is the is the product of multiple people who adore the scene. Brian, um, you know, uh, Slagle being a huge part of that, like you know, and Bill as well. You know, people who believed in a band and put the work in to help that band accomplish what they wanted to do, without you know worrying about what would sell or what was going to be great. Just what would would sound cool or what would sound really good, and that's what you see in Hellawaits represents that. Hyperheads represents a band completely free of constraints, uh, any non-financial ones, I should say, and trying to do the best that they can do, you know, and that's why you're getting it, this this kind of undistilled, undistilled slayer. That's what we'll call it, undistilled slayer, uh, undisputed aggression, if you will. Um, and that's what Hellawaits is. And all we saw after that then is them perfecting that. But this was them graduating. You can see why the likes of Brian and stuff like this album, you know, because they can see the 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 progression, you know, you know, they can see what 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 became after this and how this was such a pitiful pivotal part of their of Slayer's career. Essentially, what what they perfected was that you know they tightened up all the, all their elements of the sound, 
and the visuals came with them as well and you know add to that in a really strong live um oh, great slayer riff now um and just couple that with a superb live performance and keep pushing the envelope and that's how we get slayer that we know and love it's interesting listening back to this now that they're not going to be playing live anymore you know Come on, come on. Absolute, like, classic Slayer. Imagine if you'd been a Slayer fan, you haven't heard this song. Being a fan. And this is a coder almost to, to tell away to the opening song, you know. What a, what a huge statement. This must have knocked people's heads off when they first heard this. No wonder it spawned so many bands thereafter, and still they're still probably doing so. Fantastic. Just like you know, that's that's someone walking away from you know delivering an absolute beating uh a murder <laughs> in many ways um and they were a little messy you know there was some blood on the walls and stuff and what have you but they they, they certainly murdered and all they really did after that was perfect perfect the murder didn't they um you know and i think it, it it's interesting when you when you when you kind of listen back to that now how just how much they got right they didn't get anything wrong for that to that degree but just how much they got right how quickly they got to where they were going as a band and and produce that and that's there's so many people as we've said before behind the scenes that helped them do that that helped them become become slayer and they must be like proud fathers when they listen back to that record it's probably why it's one of their favorites so what do we think what do you think out there is hell as important as i hold it out to be is it not am i wrong i'm a i'm a million miles away and as always you know, I'll put this up. You can even put your comments and stuff, and we'll talk about it. But I strongly urge you to go back, go back and listen to Hellawaits um, and see what you think as well. I think it may change some of your your perceptions of it. And if you've never heard it, you really, really, really need to listen to that and tell me what you think of the best songs. I thought the Crypts of Eternity is incredibly important. I thought Hellawaits itself, fantastic, superb song. What do you think? And what should be the next album that we should cover? That we should listen to? Do you get anything from this? Is it acting as an introduction to an album or an artist that you haven't heard properly before? Am I talking complete nonsense? The answer is always yes. But, you know, do, are you getting anything from this? Is helping you rediscover an album that you maybe haven't heard before? So these listening episodes are really enjoyable to do, and it makes me reassess some of the albums that I maybe haven't properly assessed or probably sat down with, and that's all I, I really like to do with, with these things. It's been nice to sit down and take time out from the madness that the world is and put on a record and actually sit and listen to it in its entirety as 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 was previously intended. So these listening episodes are going to keep going. I'm going to do whatever anybody suggests. We can look at them as well. I'll do some more Slayer stuff if you'd like. We can go through and listen to um, other artists as well. But the idea being is it's more of an established artist thing. Um, thanks for listening to these things. Uh, hopefully they'll take a small moment out of your day to take your mind off work or a long journey or whatever's pissing you off or the kind of craziness that's going on at the moment. And, you know, as always, 
uh, we will do the, the, this sort of pandemic that we're going through currently now. Hopefully, you're listening to this in, in many years' time. You're like, what pandemic? And that's 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 cool if you are. So we can kind of get past this and get to listening to music again. I want to hear bands like uh, Slayer when they were starting out were only filling in rooms with like three, four hundred people. I want to see that again. I want to see bands forming because we've, as we've illustrated with Halloween, it's an incredibly important part of their process to become who they are thanks again for listening and i will see you at the show